and stand with me. And let's look at the Word of God this morning. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I said, well, April Fool's is on Easter, so I can't preach about fools on Easter. So I'll just go ahead and get a head start here and preach about fools today, alright? As we talk about the mentality of a fool. And in Luke chapter 12, we start reading with verse 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. In the top of my Bible, I've got written in quotes above covetousness stuff. <laughs> For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. There I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, can everybody say that? Fool, <laughs> this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will be those things which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit upon the Word. Let us hear your voice in my voice, God. Hide me behind the cross. Jesus, be seen today as the living Word as we minister the bread of life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated. Here in this scripture, Jesus is addressing the mentality of a fool. Now, I want to remind you that nowhere in this text does it say this man went to hell. It doesn't say that. How many of you know Christians can act like fools? Just acting like a fool won't send you to hell. But So it, this is not a message about salvation. This is a message about how a man viewed, handled, and saw the stuff that was in his life. It's more about responsibility for what you've been given and how to be a godly steward of what God has given you. I, I, I thought it interesting as I was studying the Scripture that when Jesus gives a parable of someone being called a fool, it has to do with stuff. He was called a fool because of how he handled material things. You could, I guess you could say he was a fool about stuff. He was a fool about his things. And Jesus 
points our attention to three aspects of the mentality of a fool. And that's going to be our outline this morning. Three aspects of the mentality of a fool. And number one, we see that Jesus says the mentality of a fool is a me mentality. Can you say that? A me mentality. 17 to 19. Notice how many times he says, I or my. He thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store up my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Eleven times in three verses, he says, I and my. We live in a self-focused society. I mean, it is a self-focused society. And you've heard me say this today, but I think most humans today are suffering from eye disease. Not E-Y-E, but I. Eye disease. It's the same disease that got Satan kicked out of heaven. Lucifer said, I will be like the Most High God. I will stand under the mountain. I will. I, 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 I. I want you to take note of some interesting sayings. You don't have time to write these down, but... But you can look back at Facebook later and write this down or get the CD. The bigger a man's head gets, the bigger a man's head gets, the easier it is to fill his shoes. Think about that. Or this one. Egotism. I like this. Egotism is the only disease where the patient feels well while making everywhere around him, everybody around him sick. Or this one. Even postage stamps become useless when they get stuck on themselves. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 16. I want to show you something. Matthew 16, verse 21. I'm going to read a few verses. I want you to get this story in your mind. Matthew 16. 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took Him aside and began to rebuke Him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will never happen to you. But He turned and said to Peter, Peter, you're probably right. No. So he said, he said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Watch this. If, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Then in verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me. That if is important because it tells me that there are conditions if any man wants to follow Jesus. There are conditions. 
If you want to follow me. If tells me there's conditions. You can't follow Jesus and yourself simultaneously. If you're going to follow Jesus, guess what? This is deep. You ready? You've got to go the way He went. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to go the way He went. Jesus called Peter Satan. That's heavy, y'all. What if the pastor called you Satan? <laughs> Why did he call him Satan? Now watch this. It's because, watch this now. It's because Peter suggested to Jesus that dying to self was not necessary. It's not necessary, Jesus, to die to self. If we're going to be like Jesus and follow Him, He died to self. We must die to self. We cannot have a me mentality and follow Jesus. To follow Jesus means to go the way He went. So the mentality of a fool, first of all, is a me mentality. Secondly, the mentality of fool is a mega warehouse mentality. A mega warehouse mentality. Look at verse 18. Back in Luke 12. 18. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build mega barns. Mega buildings. Greater barns. Did you know that row after row of storage facilities are springing up everywhere? We've got about as many storage facilities in Spartanburg as we have restaurants. And I talked about gluttony. Yeah, you, I'm, yeah, come on. Gluttony, the sin of gluttony, and now the sin of stuff. I mean, just look around. You can tell what we worship. We build temples to our gluttony God called restaurants. And we build temples to our stuff God called Warehouse, many warehouses. And they're not just M-I-N-I, they're M-A-N-Y warehouses. We got too much stuff, y'all. We got too much stuff. Verse 16 said, the ground yielded plentifully. Now I want you to notice this. This is, this is real important. A lot of times when Christians get a lot of stuff or have a lot of stuff and just seems like everything they touch just multiplies. They'll say things like this. Regardless, now this is the important part, this part right in here between these two things. Regardless of how they're living, they'll say things like this. God is blessing me. If God didn't want me to have it, He wouldn't give it to me. You ever heard that? God's blessing me. If He didn't want me to have it, He wouldn't give it to me. You know what you're saying? You're saying God is contributing to your lust. I'm talking about if your heart is in other things and you're not living right before God, but you just say, well, God, all I have is a blessing from God. If God didn't want me to have it, He wouldn't give it to me. But then there's a second thing we say, and that's this. 
I've got plenty, so God must be pleased with me. God must be ple- God must not mind the way I'm living because I got plenty. You know what that's saying? You know, the first one said, God is contributing to my lust. This second attitude says that God is condoning my lifestyle. God's condoning my lifestyle. Because see, if, if, if God really, you know, God hadn't spanked me, He ain't took nothing from me, so the way I'm living must be alright with Him. I'm living under the blessing of God. Well, watch this. Your plenty may not be God's blessing. It might be the fruit of foolishness. Because some people, their stuff is an idol to them. Verse 15 says, Beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. Television don't tell you that. Commercials don't tell you that. Commercials tell you you'll be so happy if you buy this. You'll look like a movie star if you'll put this on your face. And you know you can't be driving that thing you're driving. You need one of these. And you got to wear this. And you know you need this. Stuff, stuff, stuff. You know, I've never seen a... Been to the Dominican Republic 23 times. The last time me and Pastor Steve almost died there. That might be why I ain't been back lately. But in 23 trips to the Dominican Republic, I have never seen a yard sale in the DR. You, Pastor Steve? Never seen a garage sale? I went to an emergency room in a garage. I never seen a garage sale. Now, some of you here today, Grover, lived through the Depression. And I want to ask you something. You watching my Facebook, and some of you that are older than me, I'll bet you when you were going through the Depression, you didn't have a yard sale every Saturday. I thought of something last night. I told Ann, I said, do you know what I just thought about as I was preparing this? Uh, There's a familiar statement today that everybody says, and it's this. We never have enough closet space. I mean, houses, you go in now and they build. You go in a new house now. The closet's bigger than my bedroom used to be. Walk-in closet. We had to open your door, stick your head in wardrobe. With no walk-in, nothing. And I begin to wonder. The familiar statement today is, we just never have enough closet space. But think about the house you grew up in if you were older, and it was built in the 30s, 40s, 50s, or whatever. There wasn't no closets at all. There didn't even have closets. Now I want to know why didn't they have closets? Well, that's real smart. That's a real hard question there. Why didn't they have closets? Didn't have nothing to put in it. Your clothes is on your back. But no bunch of stuff. They wouldn't know yard sales and many warehouses and flea markets in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. It was all you could do to survive. 
But boy, we got it good now, don't we? Listen to this. I'll have to read this or I'll mess it up. And I'm the one that said it. But I still got to read it. Only in America would you pay $50 a month to store something you paid $500 for that you thought you couldn't live without that you will one day sell in a yard sale for $5. That's just our mentality. It's a mega warehouse mentality. One more scripture. Turn over a couple pages to Luke 14. Luke fourteen sixteen. Watch this. Luke fourteen sixteen. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But watch this. They all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. Now what kind of fool would buy ground before looking at it? That ain't smart. It might have been a, a gully. I asked you to let me be excused. The second one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to go test them. Well, you don't buy a car without trying it out, do you? He's a fool too. Another one said, I've married a wife and can't come. Now, I understand that. I married a wife and can't come. Because we at Walmart. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you've commanded. It is still room. Then the master said to his servant, Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited should taste my supper. You say, Pastor, what does that have to do with that? That scripture don't fit. Yes, it does fit. Here's how it fits. With a mega warehouse mentality. All three of these had something that they couldn't leave long enough to go taste the banquet supper of the Master. Watch this. Our stuff today is preoccupying us and keeping us too busy to taste the things of God. We can't be used by Jehovah Jireh to be a blessing to somebody else because we're a slave ourselves paying homage to Jehovah Visa. And we can't partner with our Master with our hand extended to those in need because MasterCard calls us every day wanting what we owe Him. Come on, somebody. Our barns are getting bigger. Our debts are getting larger. And we're too enslaved with a materialistic appetite to taste the banquet that God has spread before us. Too busy to come. Because we got a mega warehouse mentality. It's the mentality of a fool. And remember, you can be a fool and still be a Christian. Amen. So what Jesus described here? A me mentality? A mega warehouse mentality? But thirdly, this man had 
a many year mentality. A many year mentality. Look at verse 19. Back in Luke 12. I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. There it is. A many year mentality. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now I want you to be honest. Please be honest. Be Tell your neighbor, whatever he's fixing to ask, I'm going to be honest. Tell him. Just go ahead and tell him. I'm going to be honest. It don't matter what I'm going to ask. You should be honest regardless of what I'm going to ask, shouldn't you? All right. How many of you in this sanctuary and by watching Facebook today, how many of you believe that you are going to die this week? Let me see your hand. I don't see any hands here. Do y'all see any out there in Facebook land? No. Not a one of us here believe we're going to die this week. That tells us something. <laughs> the reason we accumulate many goods is because we think we've got many years. That's what this man thought. Verse 20. God said, fool, this night your soul is going to be required... And then whose things will those be that you have provided? You see, we lay up goods for our retirement, but we fail to prepare for our requirement. The day of our retirement takes precedent over the day of our requirement. And a lot of people are required before they retired. You get that? Your day of requirement might come before your day of retirement. Some of us here are going to be required before we retire. I ministered at Tuffy's dad's funeral this past week. And we continue to keep the family in prayer. Thank you. But he got up one morning, Saturday morning, last Saturday morning to go fishing. Had no idea that at 2.30 he'd meet God. No idea. And I asked the folks there at the mortuary, I said, I wonder if he had known when he got up in the morning that at 2.30 he was going to meet God, would he have done anything in the differ any differently in the morning? And I asked you that. See, once, once you have that aimless 412 prepare to meet thy God moment, it's too late to prepare. We've got time to prepare now. And that prepare, preparation came through the person of Jesus Christ. And if you're going to prepare, you need to prepare now. And in the mornings when we leave our homes, when in the mornings when we go to work, when we take out, go out to the grocery store and leave our spouse and our children, we assume that we're coming back, but we may not. So whatever you need to say to your loved ones, you need to say it in the morning before you leave, because either you may not come back or they may not be there when you get back. We don't know. 
But all of us believe. We all believe we're going to live forever. None of us subconsciously believe we're going to die. We think that funerals happen for other people. And we're going to opt out. We will not opt out. Should Jesus tarry his coming, every one of us are going to die. We're not going... Some of us... You say, well, I'm going to live to be 85. Well, that ain't many when you compare how long eternity is. The Bible still says that life is a vapor. If you live to be a hundred, it's a vapor. Your riches cannot delay your departure date. I don't know how many funerals I have overseen, but I have yet to see a trailer hitch on a hearse. You ain't going to back the U-Haul up and dump everything in a hole. The size of your barns are not going to extend one day of your life. I know people who built mega, mega million dollar houses and die within the first year. Your best made plans, I don't care how, much, how well you've thought them out, your best made plans are going to vanish like smoke in the air. On the day of your requirement. What plans does it matter that you've made if you ain't here to carry them out? What's on your calendar ain't hoot. What difference does it make? Verse 20 says, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you provided? You know what that's saying? Listen to this. The only thing a many-year mentality will provide is stuff for you to leave behind for others to stumble over just like it tripped you up. And there's Scripture for that. Your toys are going to be played with by people that didn't even have anything invested. You want to see families act crazy? Let mama or daddy die. They, they, they back in the U-Haul up to the door before mama's body gets out. Move mama out of the way. I got to get the wardrobe. <laughs> families act like fools. Foolish mentality. Scripture. You want scripture? I'm glad you asked. Psalm 39, verse 6. Look at this. This is in the Bible. God knew how we was. God knew we were fools. Psalm thirty-nine, verse six. Surely it says. Psalm thirty-nine, verse six. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. My margin says making uproar for nothing. What's this? He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. Honey, once you're dead, you don't know who's got your stuff and who's playing with it. And it might be the people that you would have wanted to be the last ones to play with it. Best thing to do is don't have much. Just make them all mad. Bigger barns just give people more to fight over after you're gone. We live our lives, y'all, are you listening this morning? We live our lives as if we are going to live forever. 
Listen to this. We live our lives as those who sip their morning coffee will never see our face and obituary in the newspaper. We live as those who sip their morning coffee will never see our face. We live like those people who are sipping their coffee in the morning looking at the newspaper will never see our face in the obituary column. But they will. One day you'll be sipping your coffee and you'll see my face. I'd rather be sipping mine and see yours. <laughs> I hope I bury every cotton pig in one of you. And your grandchildren. But you know what? What I just said is foolish. I just spoke like a fool. Very few of us in here are going to be living 30, 40 years from now. I told them at the funeral that I said the bad thing about preaching to old person's funeral is all you got to preach to is old people. Young people don't go to old people's funeral. I said, most of you in this funeral home today won't be here 10, 15 years from now. I said, some of you young ones won't be here next week. We're going to go out in the mortuary here and you're going to see there's some short graves out there too. Hmm. i got many years left. You don't know that. Brother Tim, when you get a diagnosis like you've got, I remember what they told my dad. My dad was 51 years old. Had an inoperable stomach tumor. They brought us in a room and the doctor said, Mr. Strickland said, we know that this is not news you wanted, but... We can address your issue because we know you're sick. He said, there's people walking around in this hospital right now that will be dead next week that are sicker than you and they don't even know it. Or they may have an accident or an auto wreck. He said, but we do know to address your issue. There's people watching today and some of you in here that we love we have no guarantee that we'll be together next week. Not a one of us have a guarantee that we'll see the sunshine in the morning. None of us. So why do we put all of our eggs in this basket called stuff and materialism, living as though we're going to live forever? When we know that death statistics are pretty convincing, y'all, one out of one dies. Amos 4.12, prepare to meet your God. Each one of us are going to give a face-to-face account for our Creator of how responsible we were with the stuff we had and our attitude toward our stuff. I know you need stuff. The Bible says God knows you need these things. God knows we need things. But you don't need your things to own you. Come on, somebody. 
He says in verse 21, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I want to ask you in closing this morning, are you rich toward yourself or are you rich toward God? Only you can answer that. And it's not too late to change your mentality. I don't want to hear God say, Manning, I love you, son, but you just live like a fool. You were foolish. You did foolish things. You forgot about eternity and you put everything in this basket we call the vapor of life. What could the kingdom of God do with the wasted resources that people spend on foolishness and say, I can't give to God? This isn't a tithe message. That's Pastor Steve's forte. But I'm just saying, laying up riches for God means putting it somewhere that a million years it's going to matter. Not in four years it's going to be rusted out. Or out of style. Or pooped out and gone down the drain. Where is your heart? Are you rich towards yourself? Or are you rich toward God? I want you to stand.